Hey, 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 friends. Welcome back to my podcast. It's your host, Alia Simone, and this is episode eight. I mean, I know I always talk about how I cannot believe I've made it this far because truly, y'all, I really cannot. Coming from someone who always would start a thing and not finish it, I'm really just so thankful that God has given me the courage to speak in his microphone and put out what he has laid on my heart to talk about. I mean, I pray whatever he has laid on your heart to do, that you have enough courage to do it. Okay, friends? Whatever he has placed on your heart to do, now is the time to accomplish it. Now is the time to pursue it. And now is the time to just do it. But always know and remember that he will never leave you nor forsake you, but he will guide you and finish what he has placed in your heart to do. So, yes, this is episode eight, and on this episode, we are going to talk about temptation. I've titled this podcast episode, Don't Play With Fire, Hot Girl Edition, because some of us, we play with the fire, and then when we get burnt, we try to act like it's the devil that brought us shame, we feel guilty and dirty, etc. The whole time, we were playing. So what, do, so what do we really expect to happen? I mean, we are here playing with fire, and we never thought we was going to get burnt. So this episode, we're going to talk about temptation, and we're going to bring it to you, the hot girl edition. Don't play with fire. You already know we're going to get into some things. So here we go, okay? So I'm going to first start off with temptation, okay? And I'm going to define it. Temptation is defined as a trial in which man has a free choice of being faithful or unfaithful to God. Only secondarily does it signify allurement or seduction to sin. Okay, so again, temptation is where your will comes into play. Your choice, your yes is being tested when you are tempted. And temptation gives you a conscious idea of idols you never knew you worshipped or even draws you closer to his will for your life. Okay, temptation can ultimately bring you to salvation. Playing with fire so many times and God's mercy being gracious towards you can draw you closer to God. But I want to highlight the free choice of being faithful or or unfaithful to God because Jesus was tempted by the devil three times, not once, not twice, but three. The temptations were he don't, you know, y'all know hedonism, hunger and satisfaction, egoism, spectacular throw or might, and materialism, kingdoms, and wealth. All right. Now, John, he identifies these these temptations as lust of eyes, which is materialism, lust of body, which is hedonism, and pride of life, which is egoism. Now, we need to work on that ego and being prideful, friend, okay? Work on your ego and being prideful. We're not here for that. But We all know Jesus conquered each temptation, which means we can as well, but only through Christ Jesus. And I want all my friends to read on Jesus being tempted, being tempted in Matthew 4 verses 1 through 11, because I'm sure we've been faced to choose whether we will be faithful or unfaithful to God. In pursuit of us building a more intimate relationship with God, it's imperative we know who we will serve and how to avoid temptation. Temptation is so prevalent that even the Lord prayed not to lead us in temptation, but deliver us from evil. But what about those times we want to play with fire, huh? 
What about those times we we knew better and we didn't we decided we weren't going to do better? What about those times we feel like we've been supplicated to God, been faithful in prayer, or faithful in reading our word? We've been going to church more, and we even being on time. We we didn't beat the pastor there. We didn't beat the the praise and worship team to church, okay? But we still playing with fire. We still out here being hot girls. And you know, I'm only going to mention it because I've been here too many times. And you know, God got me together. Those times where we thought we had overcome, we we thought we had overcame certain things. So we went to the party where everyone was drinking. And we just decided in our minds that we will be that light. <laughs> you know, we're going to the party. We think we're going to be that light. We just had our minds made up. But then we smelled the blunt. Okay, we didn't think it would trigger our old man or we smelled that cologne, our favorite cologne. You know, you know, he going to wear it, our favorite cologne. And we just thought we won't go in and, you know, and sit in that room with him alone. Okay, or her alone. We just playing with fire because we feel like we got it down packed. We know about grace. We know God's we know God loves us and he will forgive us. So we tempt him. That's what we do. We tempt them. We like, oh, yeah, we got it. We've been in his presence a couple times. We know grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His mercy is everlasting. His, you know, his love and kindness draws us to him. So we just going to tempt it like we got it together. We, you know, we got everything together. We done worked on our flesh. We sanctify. We holy. Sometimes we feel like we holier than thou. We got it all down packed. So we tempt them. We go play with that fire because we feel like, Ain't nothing going to happen. We got it all together. We got it all together. So we tempt him. And I found out while reading the word that afterwards when we, you know, we fall. Because everyone has um, come short of the glory. Every one of us. You know, all them times when we fall. And I was reading the word and I found out that really the guilt we feel after we have made our choice to not be faithful to God wasn't from the devil making us feel bad. But really from God. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was from God. Because the Bible says he reproaches us. Reproach is an expression of rebuke or disapproval. A cause or occasion of blame, discredit, or disgrace. <laughs> Multiple times throughout the Bible, the children of God felt the reproach and would pray that God lifted it off of them. Literally. That 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 guilt and that shame. I know y'all don't felt this guilt and shame. Don't even act like y'all ain't never felt this guilt and shame after you done left his house and you came home and you was in the shower. Yeah, you trying to wash it off you. Yeah, you praying to God, you crying, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, Lord, forgive you. You know that guilt, you know that shame. The one where you look in the mirror and you like, what did I just do? Or after you just you know cuss that lady out, or you went off on somebody, or you slipped up and told a little lie. Or you slipped up and you stole something, but intentionally in your heart you was trying to steal, but you forgot. But then you done left and you ain't never paid that person back. Or you never went and back to purchase that item. Yeah, those type of, you know, falls and slip ups. And there's many more. It's so many more. But I know we've all been in, in this place. And literally we feel so bad. We feel so much shame and guilt. And the children of Israel felt this shame and guilt and these reproaches from God. They literally had to pray it off of them. They literally have to pray it off of them. David felt the reproach in Psalms 19, 13 through 14. 
He says, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, remember, friend, in episode two or three, I told you transgression is the breaking of the law. Which Jesus was also tempted to do when the devil asked him to command the stones to become loaves of bread. And he said that men shouldn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, which is the word of God. So really, when God hit me with temptation, he really gave me a new perspective, like he gave me a new perspective about my about about it. And my mentor she would tell me all the time, stop playing with fire, okay? Stop playing with fire. But the more I read my word, I heard him tell, I heard him just tell me blatantly, like, stop playing with fire before I reproach you. <laughs> like, straight up like that, like, stop playing with fire before I reproach you. For You know what I'm saying? Which was so crazy because before all of that, I felt it. I felt the reproaches. I already had felt every reproach from him. <laughs> I felt like... It was already in effect. He was ashamed or displeased on what I was doing, which he should be. I mean, because the choices I was making was not me being faithful toward God. Remember those free choices he gives us? I was not being faithful toward God. And then I read David talking about presumptuous sins. And those are really the plan with fire sins. <laughs> he was really praying about, okay, Lord, my presumptuous sins, I kept playing with fire. Now you approaching me, Lord, you know. Let the words of my mouth and the, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Like, be my strength, Lord. Redeem me. Like I said before, they literally had to pray it off them, that they be lifted off them. He already felt the reproach. So he just began to pray. And presumptuous sins basically are those sins that you knew better and didn't do better. In the Old Testament, there was no sacrifice for presumptuous sins, friend. Like there was no sacrifice for it. In Numbers 15 through 30, um, verses 30 through 31, it says, but the person who does anything wrong willfully and defiantly, whether he is native born or a stranger, that one is blaspheming the Lord. And that person shall be cut off from among his people, excluding him from the atonement made for them because he has despised and rejected the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment. That person shall be utterly cut off. The responsibility for his wickedness and guilt will be upon him. <laughs> you heard what he said, cut off. Your wickedness is going and guilt will be upon you, which is reproach. I mean, y'all, like, have y'all ever read a verse in the Bible and had a, like, an aha moment? Like, and the truth hits you in the chest? Well, that was me. When God revealed he was displeased with what I was doing, I mean, the Bible even says native born or a stranger, meaning someone who has accepted Jesus Christ, and even the ones who hasn't, the guilt will be upon them. The reproach will be upon them. So the whole time I'm crying and thinking this is the devil making me feel this guilt and shame, the whole time it really was God. <laughs> It was God. Remember, we are his children and he will chastise us. He, he will discipline us and he will make it known. Like he will really make it known if he's really not feeling you right now. I mean, if he's really not feeling how you've been acting. 
I mean, you're giving him lip service, but your heart isn't being faithful towards him. And he will make it known how he feels. Remember, the Holy Ghost has feelings, too. And as David says, the only response to a reproach is asking God to remove the reproach and to give you a clean heart and allow the word to be rooted. Y'all, let the word be rooted, not planted, but rooted in you that you may not sin against him or tempt him. David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And before that, if you struggle with temptations, I mean, lying, cheating, fornication, being deceitful, anything unrighteous, David said, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Friend, they won't have dominion over you. Because that isn't our portion. On this journey, he did give us free will. So we have to be intentional on how we serve him. We have to understand what tempts us, what moves us so that we don't fall into temptations because in this flesh is no good thing. Like we be relying on the flesh and our mind to get us through tough situations and sticky situations. And the flesh was never built to satisfy the spirit, the spirit man. We are already setting ourselves up for failure if we are depending on our strength to get out of situations like this and get out of sticky situations by our flesh and by our mind, having that mentality like we're strong enough, we got this, I can go in this situation and I won't sin, I won't slip up. If you go in that mentality with that mind that your flesh is going to help you get out of it, you already like failed. You've already failed the test already. I mean, and the prayer Jesus left with us was to ask God to lead us not into temptation, So there's no excuse because God didn't lead you and he doesn't tempt you. The Bible also says Jesus was an example. Hebrews 12 verse 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith, who have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, which is tripping off. We are stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and carefully and cleverly entangles us, besets us, causes us to fall, okay? Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. Who, for the joy of accomplishing the of of the goal set before him, endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. And that's on period. He already did it, and then he revealed his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. And then he disregarded shame, meaning reproach, when he was tempted. There was no reproach from God on him because he passed every test. He passed every single test, y'all. Jesus was tempted to let you know that you too can conquer the issues of life and that secret thing that you are battling with. He was the example that took the reproach from our sins and was a sacrifice that we may be redeemed. And just because he became the sacrifice doesn't mean he won't still reproach you. Okay, I want everyone to understand it because we can't deceive our own selves thinking that grace is our getaway card. 
and we can abuse it. God forbid. The Bible says, for no person will be justified, freed of guilt, and declared righteous in his sight by trying to do the works of the law. For through the law, we become, we become conscious of sin. And the recognition of sin directs us toward repentance, but provides no remedy for sin. Don't try to use that, that, that grace card. <laughs> we can't use that grace card. Every time we get tempted, we fall. Oh, let me grace, grace. His grace is sufficient. We try to use that card. No, the Bible just says that's not just that's not justifiable. We're not free to guilt of reproach. And the and then he says that the law, which is his commandments, which is the word of God, it makes us conscious of sin. Like you are conscious of sin. You are you know what you're doing. And when we talk about presumptuous sins, it's knowing better and not doing better. Temptation is being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You, you get what I'm saying? So God still doesn't want us to be in sin, friend. He still is a jealous God and he still wants to be the favorable choice. Yes, Jesus justified us and declared us free of the guilt of sin by being a sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation by his love that those that that believe by faith may be saved. Okay, so friend, what shall we say to all this? Should we continue in sin and practice sin as a habit so that God's gift of grace may increase and overflow? Certainly not. How can we, the very ones who died to sin, continue to live in it any longer? Or are you ignorant or are we ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and power of the Father, we too might walk habitually in newness of life, abandoning our old ways. For if we have become one with him permanently uni uni like united in the likeness of his death, we will also certainly be one with him and sharefully in the likeness of his resurrection. We know that our old self, our human nature without the Holy Spirit was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live together with him because we know the self-evident truth that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin, ending his power and paying the sin and paying the sinner's debt once and for all. And the life that he lives, he lives to glorify God and unbroken fellowship with him. Even so, even so, friend, consider yourselves to be dead to sin and your relationship to it broken, but alive to God in a broken fellowship with him in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its lusts and passions. Do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God in a decisive act, faithful choice to him as those alive, raised from the dead to a new life, and your members 
all of your abilities sanctified, set apart as instruments of righteousness, yielded to God. For sin will no longer be a master over you, since you are not under law as slaves, but under unmerited grace as recipients of God's favor and mercy. What then are we to conclude, friend? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under God's grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that when you continually offer yourself to someone to do his will, you are the slaves of the one whom you obey, either slaves of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness, right standing with God, no reproach. Basically on his good side. We always on his good side. We on his good, good side. But thank God that though you were slaves of sin, you, you became obedient with all your heart to the standard of teaching in which you were instructed and to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, you have become the slaves of righteousness, of conformity, from, of conformity to God's will and purpose. So I am speaking in familiar human terms because of your natural limitations, your spiritual immaturity. For just as you presented your bodily members as slaves to impurity and to moral lawlessness, and to moral lawlessness, leading to further lawlessness, so now offer your members, your abilities, your talents as slaves to righteousness, leading to set, leading to sanctification that is being set apart for God's purpose. Now that's what Paul said. Now that's what that's what they said. Okay, and I told you last episode, in the last previous episode, that your purpose was to behold his glory, which Adam lost in the beginning, but Jesus redeemed it for us. The surface level of purpose for every man is to spread the good news. And yes, I know this won't be easy, friend. David said it. Be my strength, Lord. (laughs) Redeem me. He asked for strength. It won't be easy. And I'm here for you. And Jesus is too. We don't serve a God that cannot feel our infirmities or who doesn't know what we battle with or struggle with. But what I can say is yield your members, yield your mind and your body to be pure like he was and is. Only the pure in heart will see him. And what's on the inside will reflect on the outside. And one of the gifts of the spirit that we should bear is self-control. God desires for us to be disciplined so that he can use us and trust us to fulfill the plan and purpose he has for each of our lives. Self-control basically shows God that he can trust you. He can use you. If you aren't faithful in the little things or if you are constantly transgressing the law, how can you expect to be trusted? I mean, even on a natural standpoint, if you constantly break the law, friend, who will trust you? You have to show yourself approved. And I know some people won't tell you this, but we are friends and friends don't lie to each other. And I want to see you win. I want to see you make it. So I want to edify and share my transparent shortcomings that I have had and what God showed me. I want it to come from a different perspective because you will be tempted. And sometimes, believe it or not, we put our own selves in positions to have to make those difficult choices to show God our own heart posture. Sometimes God doesn't have to do it. Like he did with Job and send the devil to tempt us or take away things. When we are playing with fire, we are already actively participating in those things that easily beset us. And the only feeling afterwards is reproach. And you know what? That's love. (laughs) When we pray, God, show me what's in my heart that's not like you. Those moments, these moments just show you that these desires are still in fact there. 
And there's some more work we have to do or that I, in fact, need to do. Change your heart posture. And when you are dealing with reproach, refer to the children of Israel in the Bible or as David and pray that the reproach be lifted from you, that you may experience joy again and that you won't feel heavy, as David said. Save me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn and reproach of the self-righteous, arrogant fool. Okay? Don't allow pride to get in the way. Remember, pride was a temptation, another test we all have to pass. So David said, I am mute. I do not open my mouth because it, because it is you who has done it. God did this, friend. Remove your plague from me. Remove guilt and shame. I am wasting away because of the conflict and opposition of your hand. With rebukes, you discipline man for sin. You consume like a moth what is precious to him. Surely every man is a mere breath, a wisp of smoke, a vapor that vanishes. Selah. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and listen to my cry. Do not, do not be silent at my tears, for I am your temporary guest and a sojourner like all my fathers. O look away from me, that I may smile and again know joy before I depart and am no more. Okay, so God showed me the different ways Jesus was tempted and then allowed me to read about David, who also was tempted and was a man after God's own heart. He really allowed me to see this from a different perspective. I mean, I'm crying to God about guilt and shame and I'm feeling bad thinking it's the devil, but really he was just showing me my heart and how much lip service I was giving him. He was testing my heart. He was disciplining me and letting me know to stop playing with fire. Stop praying, lead me not into temptation, but continuously disregarding my lead and doing what you wanted to do. And then trying to use grace as an escape card because no, I did not die for that. You were brought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Okay, friend. So we dealing with temptation. We dealing with temptation. We not playing with fire no more. We just not. We not here for it no more. We don't want to keep vexing the Holy Spirit. We don't want to keep grieving him. We don't want to keep being in his body and tempting him knowingly, consciously, because he says when you read the word of God and you go to church and you serious about your relationship, you are conscious of sin. You know the law. You know what he likes and what he doesn't like. You know this is not right. So we're going to stop playing with fire. Friend, right? You're going to join me and stop playing with fire, right? We're going to just stop playing with fire. Don't play with it because the more you play with it, you are going to get burned. And all those times we cry and we cry out to God and we feel like we going bad. We ain't pursuing God. We ain't where we supposed to be. We ain't in the next level. It's because we just, we praying, leaving us into temptation, but we're just going, walking straight head, head first in it, walking right into it. And that's not God's will for our life. And that's not his portion for us to be reproached. He doesn't want to make us feel like he's displeased with us, but he also wants to discipline us. He also wants to build character. He also wants to have his world rooted in us so that we can help others. And that we can use our life and our testimony to help others and guide people to him, to truth. So I hope this episode has blessed you as much as it has blessed me. And you found yourself in this episode and God really shifts your understanding and perspective. And that is my prayer 
Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share with a friend. Also, leave a review. Let me and others know how you feel about this episode and this season so far. And, of course, follow me on social media on Instagram at Aliasamon with three E's, which is basically the same on all the other platforms, which is Twitter and Facebook. But I believe it in the description, as I always do. So I love you all, and I'll see you next episode.